Hello and uh, welcome to the podcast of uh, Ravi Suman Wellness. Uh, my name is Ravi Suman. We're delighted to bring you today uh, a podcast featuring Bhavisha Pankania, who's a, a renowned, incredible yoga instructor. Some of you may know that uh, I, I'm an online personal fitness trainer and wellness practitioner. I've also competed in natural bodybuilding and have been on national television uh, presenting shows and health and wellness content. With the clients that I train from different backgrounds, uh, they all express an interest in yoga and how yoga can help them not just with being better in sports and fitness, but also in their personal life and profession. It's uh, a pleasure to have uh, Bhavisha Pankania with us right now. So Bhavisha, uh, welcome to our podcast. Hi, Ravi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, Bhavisha, would you like to share a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course, of course. So I um, came to yoga from a background, um, a family full of yoga practitioners, yoga teachers. Uh, my whole family is on a path of natural healing. And I I knew when I walked into my first yoga class, it wasn't really my thing. I wasn't really interested in it. I didn't know what all the fuss was about. Um, but as I carried on and did more and more and went to more practices, there was, there was definitely something, definitely something more I needed to um, look into. So I wanted to learn the principles. I wanted to learn the discipline. And that made me venture off and take my first ever training. And when you took your first ever training, how many years ago was that? Oh gosh, that was my first training. I started practicing in 2006. My first training was in 2008. It's something that's become part of your life then. It's my lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. What does yoga mean to you? Because from the research that I've done, and I, I've also done Hatha Yoga, uh, I, I first learned Hatha Yoga in 2011 when I was in Mumbai, India. And the way how I've always understood yoga is, is not just an exercise. It, it's a way of thinking. It's a way of life. It brings union of mind, body, and soul. It, how do you see yoga? It is exactly that. Is if someone says to me, what is yoga? It is a place of calm. It's a place of peace, um, serenity. It's a place where I can go to, um, to escape the chatter and the busyness of our very busy lives. And with lives, uh, it tends to get faster and faster. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, I don't know about now. It doesn't seem fast now, but it's okay. It's okay. And uh, with yoga itself, now I'm, we're, we're both of Indian heritage. We've been born and raised in uh, Western countries. I've been born and brought up in Greater London in the UK and yourself from Canada. We know from our heritage that yoga has been in existence now for thousands of years. From the, the books I've read in, in Hinduism, uh, it's mentioned in the texts and I've always understood yoga as something which has been in civilization for thousands of years with one of the main Hindu gods, Lord Shiva or Mahadev. He has many names and he is known as the first and eternal yogi. Can you just share with us, please, uh, yoga, how that's evolved? Because it's something that has been in place for thousands of years, yet more and more people that I speak to in the West 
wherever I travel, they incorporate yoga into the exercise and training routines. So can you just share with us, please, um, just a bit about how yoga has evolved from, from your time of practicing it? Oh, absolutely, Ravi. Great question. I, you know what, to be honest, I think it's still evolving. I think there's always something more coming out or the new hottest yoga trend or, you know, the, the newest practice. I think it's always going to involve, um, um, evolve. And from where it started to where it is now, it, it is completely different. I mean, I think we've, I think we've lost a part of the tradition of what it was before, because it seems to have um, evolved into a very, very physical practice where yoga is not, is it, it, it wasn't a physical practice when it first started. All the asana and all the postures, all that came into effect after. It started out as a mindful, seated breathing practice. So before we can even say that yoga is all these amazing, cool postures, uh, I have to go back and say that without breathing, there isn't any yoga. We're not doing yoga. We're just, we're just, you know, experiencing this body form of beautiful um, asana, but it, it is essentially breath work. So with breathwork, what is the yoga system for breathing? The yo there, oh gosh, that's another good question. For yoga system of breathing, there's 3,000, gosh, plus breathing techniques and breathing styles. I'm, you know what? I probably think there's even more than that. Um, we practice in a yoga asana practice a particular pranayama called ujjayi breath. And pranayama is just that, it's breath. So without breath, there is no yoga. We practice ujjayi breathing. It's the most common breath used in yoga practice. And this technique allows us to calm our mind, bringing focus to the breath. It helps us override all these thoughts, all this chatter that possibly distracts us in our daily life and brings us into that meditative state through flow. So through synchronized movements. How's it different to uh, pranayama? It's not. Pranayama and breath is the same. It's the same thing. Pranayama is Sanskrit for breathing. Okay. And uh, ujjayi breathing? Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a different technique. Ujjayi breathing is that um, ocean-like sound. It's also known as the ocean breath. It's known as the Darth Vader breath. There's a lot of different names and every different yoga practice or yoga lineage has their own term of pranayama in a practice. So one yoga practice might call it ujjayi breathing. Another yoga uh, practice might call it a kriya. Another yoga practice might call it ocean breath. There's so many different names for all of these one vital life force, which is the breath, which is pranayama. In terms of breath, uh, we take thousands of breaths a day and in our lives, there's millions that we take, depending on how much time that God's given us here. So, so with the studies from academic research, um, from reading that I've done, uh, I've seen some literature refer to how humans breathe more from their mouth than their nose. And uh, why does this take place? So to um, reiterate your first point, we take about 17,000 to 26,000 breaths a day. Now, that is 
that is amazing. That is so vast that we don't even think about how we're breathing or the form in which we breathe. And when you say the difference between mouth breathing and nasal breathing, it, it is huge. It is so big that it can transform the way you live and it can transform your life. Anxiety and stress are probably the two biggest factors of mouth breathers. And most of us, more often than so, we are breathing through our mouth without even thinking about it. And uh, what about breathing through the nose? Yeah. So when, so when we breathe through the nose, your nose is specifically designed. It's a specifically designed organ in a part of our respiratory system. Just because you can take air in and out of the mouth, it doesn't mean that um, your nose is redundant. I know that sounds silly, but we don't use the nose as much as we should be using it. It is designed to warm the air as you take in the um, oxygen, moisten it, condition it. It's mixed with nitric oxide. So um, nitric oxide, it does two important functions. It kills deadly bacteria and works as a vasodilator on the airways for your arteries and your capillaries. The, the nose is our organ in which everyone needs to learn to breathe from again. I know that sounds weird that we're relearning how to breathe. But that's exactly what, we, as, as we've evolved and as evolution takes place, we need to learn how to breathe again properly. Okay, so in terms of learning how to breathe again, what techniques are there? Um, in terms of techniques, the first one, I'm going to say the most simplest one is to just stop and pause. Take a pause from what you're doing in your day and take a moment to just notice the breath what sensations arise, how you're feeling, um, your surrounding area, um, you know, being outside, you know, taking in fresh oxygen, going for a walk, and maybe focusing on a four count inhale and a four count exhale. That might be the first, it might be the first um, trigger where you start to notice the breath. Because we don't, how many times in a day are you noticing your breath, Ravi? I don't even consciously think about it to be honest exactly exactly and that's you know that's that's a pretty honest thing to say out loud when i ask my students in a class how many times do you think about breathing in your day people are like oh yeah i breathe all the time yeah of course we breathe because it's a natural it's an auto it's a part of our autonomic system we automatically breathe but if we stopped breathing we wouldn't be here so if we took a few moments out of our day to step back, you know, away from our desks or um, just take a moment and take a pause, instead of focusing on what you're doing, focus on how many counts your in-breath is and how many counts your out-breath is. I know it sounds silly, but it's so important. And I might say, I might say to my students or I, I might say to anyone that I'm having a conversation with, have you taken a few moments in your day today to just breathe? So instead of the 26,000 breaths you're taking in a day, maybe you've reduced that to 22,000. It would make a massive difference. If I've understood that correctly, are you advising or just suggesting that if someone takes less breaths through the mouth, that can improve the health? 
I'm, I'm not just advising. I am, I am, I am preaching it. I am an advocate of it. It's been backed up by scientific research. Um, it has been backed up by thousands of years. It has been known to reduce um, anxiety. It is known to reduce inflammation, um, stress. It is known to have better optimal health. Research and studies have proven by breathing correctly through your nasal passage that you would have better optimum health and you would live longer. When someone's doing resistance training or they're running, uh, nat naturally what can happen is as the volume of that exercise increases or the intensity or, or the duration, it's very natural for people to start breathing out through their mouth. So how can you, during a set with heavy weights, for example, uh, learn to breathe through, through your nose more? Because when you go towards the end of the set, especially in a barbell squat, uh, which is a, a compound movement. So when you're doing high reps on a barbell squat, for example, towards the end of the set, it's, it's common for you, anybody to start breathing out through the, through the mouth more. So how can you learn, even when you reach the end of a set uh, with heavier weights, to breathe through your nose more? That is an excellent question. I, I answer this question time and time and time again. I still think you need to reduce the uh, amount of weight that you're using because you're overcompensating now. You're overcompensating with the weight you're using and letting the breath go, which is doing nothing. I mean, of course you're building strength, but you're doing it the wrong way in a shorter amount of time, if that makes sense. I, 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 want, I want to be able to tell my students to slow down slow down, do the set that you can manage comfortably with the correct breathing style. And it, it is habitual. It, it needs to be relearned. It's not, people are doing it time and time again, incorrectly because of their breath. If I hear you right, what you're saying is, it's not necessary all the time that you go to your maximum weight in your last set to failure on, on, a, on a compound movement. What you can do as an alternative is do, for example, 75% of your maximum weight on your last set, but use the correct breathing so that you're breathing through the nose more as opposed through the mouth. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm talking about habitual change. I'll give you an example for swimmers. I, I had a um, student ask me, but I swim so much in my, um, in my week and I'm constantly swimming and have, having to open my mouth to take in air. Of course, of course, that is... Um, mouth breathing, definitely. But you are aware, you are aware that you are taking in that mouth breath. Okay. There's a sense of awareness there when we're, as in us talking right now, we're both aware that we're talking and breathing through our mouth right now. That is okay. It is the amount of unconscious breaths you're taking through the mouth that we need to um, bring back and be more conscious of. So we need to relearn that when our, when our mouth is closed, when we need to relearn that when we're conscious of something or focusing some, on something, a bunch of emails, we are breathing through our nose. Think about it this way, taking in less toxins, less impurities 
through the nose than through the mouth because it has that filtration system built in. In, in terms of bringing that attention to the breath, there's, um, I, I know from Hatha yoga classes that I've taken in India that there are certain postures where the emphasis is on the breath and, and obviously the emphasis is on the breath throughout, right? I mean, that's a key part of yoga. It's key, yeah. So that with the, with the breathing exercises or techniques which are taught in yoga, should someone do them before they start the workout or after they complete the workout? So let's say, for example, there's a cardiovascular workout that someone wants to do or high-intensity training. Should they, should they do the yoga breathing exercises before or after that workout? I say do one before and one after. It, if you're going for a HIIT workout or if you're really starting to um, pump the, um, the blood um, and you're going for a, a run or you're doing a HIIT workout, I say there's a particular breathing technique you would do beforehand and then there's a particular breathing you would do after. And of course, your nasal breathing throughout the session. So what is that particular breathing technique that you've alluded to? So, so the, the first one is called Kapala body breathing. It is a skull shining breath. That Kapala body breathing is going to awaken your sympathetic nervous system. So our fight and flight, it's going to make you go. It's going to give you more endurance. You're going to pump the belly. They're short, sharp, passive, um, they're short, sharp contractions in the belly that pump the belly in getting you ready to go. So it's going to really awaken the sympathetic response. After your workout, I would really slow it down to a four-part breath. It's going to bring in your parasympathetic response, slow it down. You're coming um, towards the end of your workout now, and you'll do your four counts, inhale, four counts, exhale, about three, I would say three to five minutes. It's how we end every yoga practice. We end every yoga practice lying down in a meditative um, corpse pose. It's actually called corpse pose. It's, it's funny, but it's, it's um, preparing us for death. I know that sounds morbid, but that's exactly what the yoga practice is teaching us to live in peace, tranquility. And every pose we finish off with is corpse pose where we're laying there, meditative state, focusing on just the breath. So the corpse pose is when someone's lying down horizontally. Yeah. You'd be, you just relax. You can use props. You can use bolsters. You can use blocks, props, anything to make you more comfortable. Eye pillow, blanket over top, anything that's going to allow you to be at rest and allow the practice, your HIIT workout, your yoga practice, Pilates, whatever you're doing to be at rest. So I even think after a HIIT workout, or something you're doing high intensity, I still think everyone should come down on their backs, rest, take a few moments to your breath, allow what you've done to be absorbed. Okay, so when you say take a few moments with your breath, uh, you've mentioned earlier that there's a four count method where you inhale for four counts, you pause for four counts, and when you exhale for four counts, so when you exhale for four counts, is that when the mouth is open? If you're learning how to habitually breathe through the nose, I would keep the mouth closed. But you can, of course, if you're breathing correctly, absolutely, you can exhale through the mouth. You can. But I would recommend if it was in my yoga practice, the mouth would be closed and you would inhale for four counts. You would hold for four counts. You'd exhale for four counts through the nose. 
part of the work that you do, uh, you have clients who are from different backgrounds, men, women of different ages, different ethnicities. Uh, I, I see you've done work with um, UK-based corporate clients. So in the corporate workplace, what do you find are the common problems that people of all ages have with breathing? The biggest one is posture. It's it's that from that text neck they call it. There's a term text neck they call it. Um, it's the term for um, modern spine alignment that everyone needs to know about. It's the same forward head posture. It's the rounding in your upper body. Um, that um, you know it's affiliated with your being on your tablets or your devices or your computer. Um, anyone that's sitting at a desk all day. Um, it's it's working in these environments since again. Um, we've evolved again from the manual labor, all those sedentary jobs. Now, younger people are having already showing signs of repetitive strain from overuse of mobile phones, um, which manifest in the neck, um, discomfort in the jaw, shoulder pain, um, headaches, spinal changes, so much. There's so much to consider here. If we sat up nice and tall or had a stand-up desk, just used a few things that could help realign our spinal column or stand up nice and tall and notice that when we're taking in that in-breath, that that vital life force, that prana, that breath is being circulated evenly and you're creating a sense of balance in the body. So when you say creating a balance in the body, what about when you're standing? I, I, I feel like when you're standing, you need to Again, stand up nice and tall, not hunch over the desk. You need to firmly notice, notice the feet pressed against the earth. You need to feel the foundation of your feet, create the stability in the legs. It's all working, right? We're standing up, we're working at our desks. However, it's about being aware and being conscious of our movement and constantly bringing that back to the breath. You know, our mind wanders uh, probably as many times as we're breathing in the day, but noticing that the mind wandering and bringing it back to the, um, the, the breath will make a huge difference in our productivity, how we work, mental clarity. It's, it, the, the benefits are, are amazing. Okay, with the, the global pandemic, there's more and more people now working from home, being behind a desk because they're not always traveling on, on the trains, on the tubes, or, or, or taking the car. So as a result of that, by default, they are more desk-based to work. So what can they do during that eight or, or well over eight-hour working day when they're at their desk to ensure that um, habitually the posture is correct and they avoid this text neck? My biggest, biggest advice is to take constant breaks. Step away from the desk. Have a to-do list, right? Step away um, you know, go t- take a little walk around the block, get some fresh air, get some fresh oxygen, maybe do a couple of um, stretches if you can. Physically sit up nice and tall at your desk if you're sitting and take those three minutes to nasal breathe. So set a timer on your, on your phone. Do the three minutes of nasal breathing, go back, go back to work. Take another break after an hour. The breaks are so essential. If you've got, uh, I do a ton of corporate clients. Um, I do a ton of yoga classes at their lunch hour. I do a ton before they start work. I do your corporate classes for um, my corporate employees that um, are finished work. They get off at five o'clock and they're jumping straight onto a class. 
to de-stress, to get away from their monitors, to bring their attention to the breath, whether they move or not. It's not about the moving. It's about bringing your attention to breath first before you move. With, with the correct breathing, you've spoken about some of the benefits in the sense of helping to reduce stress, anxiety, calm uh, the mind and, and the body. Studies have also shown that it helps with improving the health of cells in the body or the cellular health. Can you explain um, what that is and how that happens, please? Yeah, of course. So the breath, I'm going to always go back to the breath. So the breath and yoga make your entire body more balanced overall. From a musculoskeletal perspective, your body is made up of trillions of cells that get organized in a variety of ways, which then become tissues, which then become organized and become organs, which then become systems. Now, the bulk of our day, as I go back, is does not require a variety of movements. So that inevitably leads to imbalance, meaning that you'll have some tissues that are shortened or restricted while some are not. Now, all of your organs can be affected by poor posture. So that yoga practice, I keep coming back to the yoga practice. It could be any practice though, any mindful practice, movement, walking, meditation, any practice will get things more balanced and bring balance to the tissues around your joints. So when you're feeling hunched over in your posture or you're restricted in your movement, movement through yoga frees up the tissues and it makes it more pliable, which is why some say that yoga brings more space to the body. It's funny that my theme on yoga this month is creating space. So when you say your theme on yoga this month, is that something you're focusing in your corporate workshops or is it through your social media platforms? It's through all of them. I, it's one theme that I do once a month that focuses on a specific um, a part of the body or a theme like this one. Creating space came up from people approaching me from all walks of life saying, I can't do yoga. I don't have that kind of yoga body. I can't move. I'm not flexible. That's how that theme came, came to play. And when I thought of how I'm going to practice and bring props into play or straps or yoga blocks or, you know, yoga bolster, how am I going to make this practice accessible to all? Because yoga is accessible to everybody, all body types, tall, small, skinny, all, all, all body types. So this practice on creating space allows the students that didn't think they could practice, practice. So, so what you're saying is, regardless of where someone is in the journey in learning yoga, whether they're beginners, advanced to intermediate or at any level, there's value to be had from that. Absolutely. There is so much value to be had. And that's exactly what I'm trying to, that's the exact message I'm trying to send out to the universe is that, you know, yoga is here grab on, you won't regret it. Daily exercises then that people can do, whether they're working from home, whether they're in the office, uh, to improve their breathing. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, I'd say three minutes backing away from your desk and just focusing on your breath it doesn't matter how long or short, doesn't matter how passive, restricted, just focus on the breath, just nasal breathing. Just notice what happens, notice what sensations arise. And that could be sensations mentally, physically, emotionally. 
Uh, yoga, definitely a great one. And, and that yoga practice does not have to be an hour long. The misconception that people have in their minds, oh gosh, I can't get to my yoga mat because I have to stay there for one hour. Not at all. Not at all. Getting on your yoga mat for five minutes is going to make a massive difference to your mental health, to the way you breathe, to your, you know, your flexibility. I, I don't like saying flexibility because yoga is not about flexibility, but to strength, the flexibility will come. Um, walks, definitely go out, get that walk around the block. I'm not saying an hour, two hours, get that five minute walk, a hit class, anything after work seated simply at your desk. You don't even have to leave your desk. You can just do a seated cat cow. A cat cow is a, a rounding in your back. Um, as you exhale and then inhale, expanding the belly, pushing your belly forward with an anterior tilt in the pelvis. There is, there are tons of things you can do without leaving your office. Meditation, a mindful meditation practice. Meditation is simply just about being present. Those of you that think that, you know, meditation is too hard. I'm always thinking about something. My mind is always wandering. That's, that's okay. You're being present. Think about that thought, have the thought, but then stop acknowledge the thought and bring it back to your breath constantly. Even if you have to do that constantly in the three minutes that you're, you're practicing your meditation. And with meditation itself, that's a big discussion in its own right. And there's, there's, there's different types of meditation. There's transcendental meditation. There's um, meditation, which has been used in uh, various countries, uh, many different types. Meditation in, in very simple terms uh, how would you define that? Meditation for me in simple terms is to be present, to do something while your mind is not wandering. As simple as washing the dishes, washing each dish is <laughs> super, super simple. Noticing what comes up on that dish, the soap, the foam, that is meditation. Putting the dish from the sink to the dish rack, that is meditation. Walking meditation, walking your dog. Um, each step that you take, how do you feel? What comes up? That is meditation. Meditation is anything. You can do it anywhere. You can sit and just focus on, you know, accounting meditation. You can stare at a candle. There, there is, it's crazy how many types of meditation there are. Any final thoughts you want to leave with our viewers and audience about uh, breathing, beginning that journey in, in improving the breathing practice? Yes, yes, absolutely. Start don't stop and keep the mouth closed. <laughs> okay, so keeping the mouth closed, that's uh, the four. That's nasal breathing. Okay, that's the nasal breathing. That's the four count method where you inhale for four counts, you pause for four counts, and then you exhale for four counts. Yep. So we're using, you don't even have to pause if you don't want to pause. If you're just starting out, if this is something that is new to you, which it is for a lot of us beginning to learn how to breathe again is going to be new and it can be overwhelming. So you don't even have to pause. You can inhale four counts like I am now, and you can exhale four counts right away. The breath retention is the breath is a stopping in the middle. So you're Inhaling for four counts, you're holding the breath for four counts, and then we exhale for four counts. So just start off slow. If three minutes is too much, a minute is enough. At least you're conscious of the breath. You've noticed. And, and for those who do resistance training using weights or they do cardiovascular high-intensity training, 
Can you just summarize and remind us again, please, on how, whether it's towards the, he- the end of that heavy set or whether it's that extra mile that you want to get from your run, what, what, what can we do consciously to breathe through our nose more and, and not have a mouth open so much where you're gasping for air or oxygen? Yeah, I'm going to remind you to slow down. I'm going to remind you to take those extra heavy weights off. I'm going to remind you when you're running up that hill that your heart is not with you. It's you're going a million miles an hour. You're breathing wrong. Your your mouth is open. You're not taking in more oxygen with the mouth open. So know that you are not taking more oxygen in. You must keep the mouth closed. So if that means slowing down to a light jog, if that means slowing down to a faster walk, just to catch up with your breathing again, that's what we must do. It's just learning it again, all over again. But where do you find in in exercises or sports where it's inevitable, where the mouth is going to have to be more open than you would ideally recommend? Oh gosh, Ravi, I find it all the time. It's, it's, you know what, it's a matter of practice. People think I'm crazy when I say you, you, you got to keep the mouth closed. You're not taking in more oxygen. I think it's, it's got to be practiced. Once you notice the mouth open, you got to close it and start breathing again, right? It's just that it's just coming back to it again and again and again, just repeating that affirmation in your head and saying, oh gosh, I think my mouth was open. Let's try that set again, maybe. Let's just do two or three extra um, just so I can bring my breathing back. You don't have to do the whole set again, but just be conscious of your breath. Maybe one more, one extra breath. Do one set and see what you feel. It's, it's a game changer. The way you breathe is definitely going to change the way you do things. Well, I must admit that since uh, I've, I've been having these discussions with you about uh, yoga and breathing, what I have done consciously is in between my sets using um, my free weight training, uh, I, I tend not to have my mouth open. So in between my sets, I'm breathing through my nose. And even where I've habitually over, the, over many years, I've been breathing through my mouth more through the end of um, my heavier set. Now I've tried to just take, just use the nose more. To, to do the inhale, inhale and, 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 and exhaling as well. And how's, how's that, how have you felt after, after you've changed the way you breathe through the sets? Well, from the early experience that I've had, it, it does make me feel that I'm conserving my energy and, and my strength. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. So you're already recognizing the benefits, right? Think about if you do that repeatedly in every workout, it's, it's just going to, your endurance is just going to be so much better. I think people need to do it, practice it and see for themselves. Well, it's definitely something I'll be taking with the clients that I train. It's excellent. And uh, I'll be keen to see how uh, this impacts their workouts, how it impacts their progress. And, and, and even when they're not exercising, how uh, more effective breathing can play a part in how they deal with life and, and the pressures that, that life brings. Absolutely. Exactly. We always say that in yoga practice, whatever you've learned on the mat, try and take it out into the world. Cause we're setting you up for that, that world, right? How you answer questions, how you present yourself better, how you um, respond to negativity, feedback, whatever. Right. I mean, again, you're going to bring it back to the breath. You're going to breathe, maybe take a sigh out and then answer that question with more clarity. 
And uh, Bavisha, I, I know we'll be reconvening in, in another discussion about yoga and um, about the problem areas it could help um, people with in their health. So whoever's listening to this, if they want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? My social media platform at Bavisha Yoga is um, my little mini website that I have um, created, but that's the best way to get a hold of me. Email is also a great way, but but um, my social media platform, definitely. And then I, we can always reconvene and go from there on other ways of contacts. Okay. And, and I know uh, you'll be joining me at my virtual event on the 4th of March. Yes. Very excited about that. And uh, it's great to have you there with, with other wellness practitioners. We will be sharing those details um, in, in the coming days and coming weeks. So, Bavisha, uh, we will love to thank you for your time. It's been uh, a pleasure to have you here. It's been very insightful. And uh, above all, I think you, you've definitely motivated me to take action. And, and I'm sure you've motivated others to take action on this insight that you've kindly shared. I hope so. I hope so. It's my purpose, passion in life to share this knowledge with others and let them see all the benefits as well. Thank you for tuning in and listening. It'd be great to get your feedback. You can always contact myself. That's uh, Ravi, uh, my email address, uh, ravi at ravisuman.com. We're looking forward to bringing you more on the podcast series where I'll continue the discussion with Bavisha Pankanya on yoga and the wider benefits it brings to our total well-being. So thank you, everyone. This is a 1386 audio production.